Growing Up with a growing understanding speech pathology. Conversations about children's development that will support you through your parenting journey. Welcome back to another episode of Growing Up with a Growing Understanding Speech Pathology. Today I am joined by Irene Becker from 99 Pairs. Irene is the co-founder and director of 99 Au Pairs and she established this award-winning business as a solution for busy families and this was based on her own experiences of juggling family and work. We talk about some of the challenges and demands of modern day families and how outsourcing some of the supports that we need in creating a village around our family can support us to be able to juggle and to balance family and work life. Lovely to have you on our show. Thanks so much for coming on. Such a pleasure. Thank you so much. So tell me a little bit about your journey, about how 99 Au Pairs came to be. Uh, you're an Osmumpreneur Award winner as well, so I would love to hear about your journey in business and in life. Well, I think it's it's probably a culmination of uh, a lot of little steps along the life, I think. Um, I was always a little bit of a rebel and questioning um, kind of um, prescribed societal norms. I remember being a little girl and, uh, you know, people tell you, you can't climb on trees because the boys are going to look under your skirt. I'm like, excuse me? Uh, so instead of telling off the boys, you're telling me not to climb trees. Uh, so I just tore all my dresses and convinced my mom to get me some pants stitched, which was in Soviet Union, so there were no jeans back then. And I think I was always kind of feeling like there's not quite an... Um, equal treatment so for me it was always at any party I would always just out of principle hang out with the boys even though they thought like I'm an eyesore probably <laughs> what are you doing here but it's the same thing continuous even with you know when you work for me just staying at home and saving on childcare and uh, dropping out of workforce for seven years was not an option so for me it was always okay what are our options to secure childcare and both my husband and I are from overseas so we don't have any help we recruited very, very early um, support of au pairs and nannies and um, I thought that was a great lifestyle for me. I have a big family back home so for me just having uncles, aunties and any other influence was always a very positive experience and um, it was quite new and fairly niche in Australia so I ended up educating a lot of our friends of what it is, how it works, how to get one and um, the whole process of it and then slowly but surely it kind of turned out to be my third child that keeps on you know pulling on your skirt and wants attention so we ended up putting the process online and giving it for free for a year to um, all users just to help them out uh, but very quickly it turned out that families are way too busy um, to even even if it, even if it's structured process way too busy to do it themselves and um, a lot of them actually didn't upgrade it to agency service and asked us to do that and um, with coronavirus and the lockdown it actually showed that as a family we need to be actually more inclusive and have all our support networks actually really self-managed instead of relying on formal care options uh, which obviously I mean it's it's still the best option probably out there if you have school or kindergarten uh, but you need to have other backup if you don't have family because you might sometimes not be able to access them so yet yeah, it slowly just grow into a business and um, I love I love helping fellow mums and parents every time I see a mum to totally exhausted and questioning her life choices I'm like no I think darling you just need to sleep and you need help that's all you need and then you'll be happy and you might even want to 
have a date night again with your husband, even and, it might, you know, end up in a fourth child, but you know, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the idea of the uh, au pairs and assistance in the home, it really is something that is a little bit more novel and, and different in modern day families, particularly in Australia, as you said, for families that may be busy and finding that balance hard between work and, and that home life, what should families be considering in terms of how to get additional assistance and help? I think it probably stems from, again, by society, I don't know, over the decades, especially in Australia, I find the Western pressure of doing it all yourself, having it all yourself. That's obviously a feministic drive, but doing it all yourself, I think it's an absolute bullshit, to be honest. No one's ever raised kids on their own and has done different five different jobs. And then we're supposed to start our businesses, run the house, look pretty, have the kids all orderly and nicely looked after. So I think as a parent and as a mom, I would say any help you can get it doesn't matter where they come from never say no so just drop that obligation that you need to look perfect and you need to look like you've got it all together it takes a village uh, for any kind of job behind as I said behind a successful man there's a strong woman behind a strong woman there's a village of support right because there, there are 10 jobs to be done and I think when looking for help it's literally they need to suit with your schedule obviously but they need to mainly suit with your um character and with your family lifestyle find someone who you like to hang out with and that will be the family that um, you basically even for a short term time you will include in your life are you concerned about your child's communication and language skills a growing understanding speech pathology will help you and your child grow confidence and communication skills visit a growing to make an appointment today And I think this year we've really realised how small the world can actually be, you know, having to be at home and to, you know, go into isolation for a lot of the time. We've really realised, I think we thought that the world was such a big place, but I think we're really realising how small our our little world can sometimes be and sometimes feel. And so it is really important to find your village. And if you don't naturally find that village and that community of people, it might be that you actually need to outsource and to employ those those networks of support as well to yeah to help you to do the things that you do and and do it well 100% i agree from your experience you know having au pairs and and having additional support is there anything else that you could suggest to the, our listeners and to parents who are seeking support? What's some a parenting advice or some parenting hacks, um, if you like, that you've you've learned along your journey? I think it comes to parenting, pure parenting. My favorite hack is when I need to take one of the kids to the supermarket and I try not to buy everything they see on shelves. I literally play the game do you want this or this? And then every time they pick something new and I'm like, you have to choose between the last item you picked up or this one. And then by the way, uh, by the time we make it to the checkout, it's always one item and it's usually the lollipop, the Kinder Surprise or the Hot Wheels. It's uh, worked for years. Uh, It's a bit harder with my uh, younger one. She's a bit more cooked and uh, smart (laughs) and clever, but definitely works. But I think overall on parenting and especially when you start trying to outsource, think a bit long-term, right? every day there will be little disasters and things will go wrong and there'll be miscommunication and maybe a misalignment of expectations. It's really 
I always ask myself the question, is it going to matter to me in five years? I have one episode where one of our earlier au pairs was too busy playing with our bub and she was sterilizing the bottle. So the old school way, you know, you put it in the pot with boiling water. She was too busy and eventually the water evaporated and she melted the bottles into one block. And she was terrified. She called me. She's like, oh my God, I've burned all these bottles. I'm like, okay, are you guys okay? She's like, yeah. Is the house still standing? Yes. And I'm like, okay, then pack the baby, go to the shop, buy some new bottles. And then we laughed it off. We still laugh about it. And it's really, again, if you think, is it going to bother me in five years? If it's important, then obviously you need to address it. If it's not, then laugh it off and move on because relationships are so much more important. And I think we sometimes get lost in that, don't we? Like in the busyness of everyday life that, you know, these little things feel like big things in the moment. So sometimes you do need to take that step back a little bit to really reflect on, yeah, is this going to matter in five years? Yeah. Correct. And often it ends up being venting for something else that it's been accumulating over the days so weeks mm-hmm. right too much mm-hmm. yeah we want to know who you'd like to hear from or what topics you would like us to discuss so we can continue to grow together reach out via email to growing up at a growing and so you grew up outside of australia do you have a favorite memory growing up well Probably a couple. I was born in Soviet Union when it was uh, Russian at that time. So Central Asia, west of China, so Chinese border. Um, so it was very Russian influenced, but there was obviously a bit of Kyrgyz local language. But I remember three months of summer holidays. Imagine the nightmare for parents having to organize activities for the kids while there was no holidays for parents. I remember we've been um, kind of basically shipped off to one uncle and auntie every week. So the whole crowd of kids of um, six, seven, eight kids would be just for a whole week with one uncle and then another auntie and we would just be roaming the streets playing in the fields because it was all countryside it was amazing I had the more the best memories once the house got flooded overnight because the water went off and then they forgot to close the taps and we were just swimming in the morning was amazing for me disaster for my uncles and uh, and I think but one of the everyday memories was probably walking with my dad's to child care center he would take me there because it was closer to his work And he would always race me and he would always make me win. I think it's like little moments at the end. Isn't it interesting that that perception, you know, you were saying it it was a, you know, disaster for your uncle and it was awesome for you. I wonder how much of that for our families and for our children, the things that we get really wrapped up in and, and stressed about and worried about that if we can change that perspective for them a little bit, that that what we're doing now might be their future memories that they look back upon and, and look at as being really special and exciting and different. Yeah, it's interesting perspective. I think there's a movie that really puts it all into perspective. I've, I don't know if you've watched it. It's called, um, I think, Life is... Life is Beautiful. Yeah. Life is Beautiful, about the Nazi time where the dad tried to frame this... Uh, imaginary word for his uh, world for his kid to make him not see the horrors of obviously the camp life where all the Jewish people were shipped off to and I think it's just so beautiful that a dad just tries to preserve this innocence for this child and he was not aware of what was actually happening and the horrors of the world until you know the whole thing finished and I think it still makes me shiver every time I think of this movie and I think it's just so important that us as parents create this special magic moments out of you know 
everyday's horrors and traumas and find that magic. Yeah, definitely. And I think, yeah, I, it's one of my favorite movies. And, and as you're talking, I'm sort of thinking about it and thinking about the families that I work with and things as well. And, and so much of it is in terms of our own personal capacity as parents to be able to, to think about things in a different way and to not necessarily carry that burden. Because, you know, the families that we're working with, they're busy and that they're, they're often running to multiple appointments and and they've got a lot going on in their life and ba- balancing work and all of those kind of things so I wonder you know going full circle going back to what you were saying about you know getting support and getting assistance whatever that looks like might help to reduce the parents ability to or improve a parent's ability to be able to change up how they're perceiving their world for their children and and making it as memorable and enjoyable as they can yeah Yeah, interesting to go full circle. Grow with us and join an active community of parents on Facebook at A Growing Understanding and Instagram, Grow Understanding. And I think, think as you say, right, sometimes, again, it's just being purely the fact that you're sleep deprived can make you an impossible person and a person you don't want to be around with right and then this is the person that your kids see every day and they're like why is mommy so angry why is mommy so short short fused they probably don't don't know that but they see everyday reactions and I think it's just the moment step back I'm like and I've learned a lot from my toddlers I'm like okay don't have any important conversations or arguments late at night just go to bed have it in the morning you're tired nothing effective is going to come out of it so I think just involving that help and then getting someone to jump on the trampoline with your kids for a couple of hours while you go rest or you go to the gym session and feel better about yourself I think it's really important in terms of coming back to speech pathology have you had experience with speech pathologists before Irene and and what do you think speech pathologists do Oh, that's a great question. I wish I had because my pronunciation's mostly probably horrible on most of the things. And because English is my third language, I, I was actually always quite, how to say, insecure about any language because you just drop into another language without proper introduction. So I went from Russian, then completely switching to German when we moved to Germany and then to English and not really any ever had any introduction in speech pathology. I think it was not a big thing in my family or in our circles to involve professional help. But I think it can be such a game changer, especially for kids to improve their confidence because obviously with the, I don't know if they have any issues or small things it starts impacting their confidence and their competence as well right so I I think actually there needs to be more education about this and really interesting when you're talking about you know English being your third language speech pathologists do work with families who are multilingual and to try and determine are we looking at an underlying language difficulty or is it that they're learning multiple language simultaneously and is it just that that initial slow development of all of the languages that they're learning at the same time or are there some other communication difficulties that are underlying that with uh, working with children so interesting that yeah from your perspective 
perspective that yeah, you're feeling like you <laughs> don't have a good pronunciation or a, a, yeah, a good grasp of it. But, you know, at the same time, it's certainly something that speech pathologists can help with, particularly with children when they're learning lots of different languages. Right. I think, I think yeah, it would be a great opportunity to tab into families, obviously, with multiple backgrounds and do a little bit of education there. Because I remember my uh, firstborn, my son, was barely speaking uh, until he was three years old. He would put few words together. And I think it took him probably till three and a half, almost four, to actually put sentences together. It took him quite some time. Whilst my daughter, the second one, she just blabbers away and she never stops. So I think it's probably the second child syndrome rather than the first. But yeah, I was always um, kind of assured by all the educators said, don't worry about it because you know he he has so many different languages at home it might might just take time it would have made me uh, probably feel more comfortable if I knew if I had some guidance that way it's been so lovely to speak with you today Irene thanks so much for all of your insights into how au pairs can help busy families to be able to help children to be able to grow how do people reach out to you and get in touch with you where can they find you I think any social media channels, Instagram, Facebook, um, or simply through the through our website, whether it's chat or email, our team is always happy to help and educate and explain the cultural exchange program. Awesome. That's fabulous. Thank you so much. So grateful for your time. And yeah, I'm sure that we'll put all of the details into the show notes as well so that families can reach out to you and to get some support to create their village and to get some networks of support around them and their family and helping their children to grow. Thanks so much, Irene. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's been such a pleasure. If you found this podcast helpful, visit our website for resources, information and advice that will support you during your family's speech pathology journey and help your child grow.